This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. U.S. Senator Tommy Tuberville is laying the situation in Israel regarding Hamas terrorists at the feet of Joe Biden and his administration. Tuberville spoke about it on Fox Business Channel and connected the payment that was made by the Biden administration to the biggest sponsor of terrorism, which is the country of Iran. I think you've got Hezbollah up, up uh, in, in the northeast part, and then you've got, uh, of course, Hamas uh, on the western part there, and they're just kind of both just kind of waiting to see what's going on. They've been preparing for this, Larry, and, and we all know that. They've been preparing for this for years. Unfortunately, Joe Biden, the empty suit that he's in, uh, we might as well have had an empty White House for the last three years. They gave them all their money back, dropped the sanctions. They were almost broke when President Trump was in office. Now they're worth hundreds of billions of dollars. They're giving money to all these terrorists. They are following the, the company line when it comes to terrorism, and It's put everybody in harm's way thanks to Joe Biden and all these clowns around him. Speaking of Tommy Tuberville, Alabama's Attorney General Steve Marshall is weighing in on the comments made by former CIA Director Michael Hayden against Tuberville. Hayden went on social media suggesting that Tuberville be removed from the human race when it comes to his hold on military promotions due to the illegal implementation of an abortion policy without the approval of Congress. Hayden further insulted those who were upset at his post against Tuberville by calling them MAGA nuts. Marshall says that Hayden is a failure and a disgrace for making that suggestion and that Tuberville has been sent to Washington to represent the interests of the people of Alabama and his due respect rather than reckless rhetoric coming from Hayden. Alabama Secretary of State Wes Allen revealed this week a new election service to be offered to counties in the upcoming election. The Geographical Information System, known as GIS, is a computer hardware and software that has geographic data related to voters and their precincts. Allen says the GIS is more accurate in determining the correct precinct assignment than the use of paper maps and drawings. The Secretary of State's office started using the GIS service at the beginning of October, and they plan to utilize it through July of 2025. Allen believes that GIS will help resolve ballot issues in wrong districts, as recently happened in Lauderdale and Etowah counties. Members within the Auburn United Methodist Church are filing a lawsuit to disaffiliate from the UMC denomination overall and to retain their church property afterwards. The lawsuit claims that the Alabama West Florida Annual Conference has seized assets and closed that church to prevent members of the congregation from using the properties with the ultimate plan of turning over that property to the UMC by using the trust clause found within the Book of Discipline. The lawsuit contends that an Alabama congregation joining a denomination like the UMC does not legally forfeit its property rights in doing so and that a trust was not legally established within the AWFAC in order to proceed with such a process. The Alabama Law Enforcement Agency will be releasing body camera footage from a police-involved shooting that killed Stephen Perkins in Decatur at the end of September. The legal spokesman for the Perkins family has confirmed that the video footage will be given to the family's legal representatives. Dr. Brenton Lipscomb has been representing the Perkins family ever since the shooting occurred. He's also been actively demanding the release of the video footage on how Decatur police handled Perkins outside of his home when his car was being repossessed. Members of the Hillcrest Baptist Church in Anniston are back in their Alabama homes after a long effort to leave the country of Israel and return to the U.S. WVTM News was at the Birmingham airport when the 25 church members landed. Benita Wolf spoke about the group's movements to leave Israel when the war broke out. We had to um, leave Israel and go across the border to 
Amman, Jordan, and then from Amman, Jordan to Istanbul, Turkey, then to Miami, to here. This group really came together and prayed and we cried and laughed together. So if anything, we're closer together and closer to the Lord. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the Wall Street Journal is reporting and the U.S. Pentagon is not denying the claim that at least 2,000 U.S. troops are being readied for deployment to the Middle East to assist Israel in the conflict with Hamas. The troops sent to the area will be pulled from U.S. military that's already stationed either in the Middle East or Europe. The Israeli Defense Force spokesman, Lieutenant Colonel Jonathan Conricus, told the Wall Street Journal that any U.S. soldiers brought to the area will not be deployed into combat. Also happening, a third ship, the USS Mesa Verde, is headed closer to the Israeli shore from where it was in the Mediterranean Sea. There's been a tragic bombing of a hospital in Gaza City that has taken more human life on Tuesday. The rocket appears to have been launched from the Palestinian forces' side within Gaza and fallen short of reaching its intended Israel-based target, which essentially is a rocket misfiring into its own people. Speaking of rockets and the Israeli Iron Dome missile defense system, let's continue the discussion of the high-level laser weaponry that was being touted just over a year ago within an Israeli military video promotion where the new technology not only saves money compared to the Iron Dome missile defense, but it also offers other benefits and advantages within any military conflict when it comes to ammunition and uninterrupted supply chains of that ammunition. Guns and missile launchers, lethal as they are, are significantly limited by bullets and missiles. Once they run out of ammunition, they're more toothless than a sword from the Middle Ages, and they do run out leaving their operators in a bit of a precarious situation. This is not the same with the iron beam. The weapon doesn't rely on projectiles to deal damage, but rather on the energy that comes with lasers. With a reliable power source on standby, the iron beam continues to fire, completely canceling out the need for military artillery to reload and introducing an unlimited magazine with highly effective shots. Speed of light attack. The laser defense network that has been developed in Israel is called the Iron Beam. Lasers are a form of light energy. In fact, the word laser is actually an acronym for Light Amplification by Stimulated Emission of Radiation. Therefore, the Iron Beam's 150-kilowatt lasers shot from two separate laser guns would travel to targets at a speed of 186,000 miles per second, the speed of light, the fastest thing in the universe. Supersonic or hypersonic, it doesn't matter. No drone, mortar, missile, or fighter jet stands a chance at outracing this weapon. Remember, Israel released this video a year ago or more after successful testing of this whole system. Now, suddenly, Israel has gone radio silent on the level of laser defense mechanisms they're employing. When it comes to the country of Iran and its state sponsorship of terrorism through groups like Hamas and Hezbollah, Republicans in the U.S. Senate have now introduced a bill that would freeze the $6 billion worth of Iranian funds that the Biden administration agreed to free up just a few weeks ago as part of a prison exchange deal. The Revoke Iranian Funds Act may get the votes of at least two moderate Democrat senators. Joe Manchin of West Virginia and John Tester of Montana have signaled their support for freezing Iranian funds indefinitely. The Tuesday ballot to vote on the next Speaker of the House did not have enough support for Ohio Congressman Jim Jordan to take the seat. 
20 Republicans cast their vote for someone other than Jordan on that ballot. Another vote is scheduled for Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time in the U.S. House. The D.C. judge presiding over the Trump trial, Tanya Chutkin, has now made public the document that she issued against Donald Trump, which was essentially a gag order related to the trial that's underway, where special counsel Jack Smith is charging Trump for 2020 election interference. Trump was in Iowa shortly after being in the courtroom with Judge Chutkin and special counsel Jack Smith, who Trump frequently calls deranged. Here's what Trump had to say to the crowds in Iowa about the gag order. A judge uh, gave a gag order today. Did you hear that on speech? Which I believe is totally unconstitutional what she did. A judge gave a gag order. A judge doesn't like me too much. Her whole life is not liking me. But uh, she gave a gag order. You know what a gag order is? You can't speak badly about your opponent. But this is weaponry all being done because Joe Biden is losing the election and losing very, very badly to all of us in the polls. He's losing badly. But what they don't understand is that I am willing to go to jail if that's what it takes for our country to win and become a democracy again. And how is the former vice president, Mike Pence, doing when it comes to challenging his former boss, Donald Trump, in the Republican presidential primary? Pence is reportedly racking up the debt for his campaign to the tune of over $600,000. Pence's campaign only raised $3.3 million in the last quarter, compared to Trump, who raked in $45.5 million. Former Wisconsin Governor Scott Walker dropped out of the 2016 presidential primary when he accumulated a debt of $160,000 within his campaign. It's also not clear if Pence has acquired the necessary 70,000 individual donors that will qualify him for the third Republican presidential debate, which is set for November 8th. Actor Alec Baldwin is likely to have charges filed against him regarding the 2021 shooting death in New Mexico that killed the director of photography on the movie set of Rust. The Santa Fe prosecutors dropped criminal charges against Baldwin this past April, but are signaling plans to refile involuntary manslaughter charges against the actor instead. 42-year-old Helena Hutchins died when Baldwin pointed a loaded prop gun at her and fired it. 48-year-old Joel Souza was injured in that shooting. A firearms expert in the case has concluded that Baldwin had to have pulled the trigger, despite his denials that he did so, in order for a firing to ever happen that way. The case will be presented to a grand jury this coming November. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 